Welcome to the PowerShell News Podcast. This is Harjit Dalawal. And this is Mick Pletcher. Hey, Harjit. Hey, Mick. What's going on, man? Well, there's been a lot going on this last uh, month. Uh, we had Microsoft Ignite and did a couple episodes there. And then uh, the week after that, I went to Chicago to help uh, Bonnie open up the new um, PowerShell uh, uh, group up there in Chicago. And uh, we had a great great turnout there we had oh, right. almost 50 people oh wow that's a pretty good turnout for the first time i know and i heard there were some uh, some big names over there right there were uh michael green was there uh it was actually a fantastic event and uh, then we had um three pop in uh one of them being jeffrey snover through uh the internet he was actually um over in a foreign country at the time i believe germany oh uh, wow that's awesome yeah, and so you, so you did like a Skype session or something like that, right? We did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. And um, so you enjoyed the the, the, the the user group and there were a lot of sessions and stuff? Well, we had one main session. Actually, they, they've started the user group the way I'm going to uh, redo the Nashville uh, PowerShell user group. They're, they had the beginning teaching people PowerShell, and then they went off into more advanced using uh, Chocolatey. And, oh, wow. And then, yeah, no, it was it was really good. And then I also got up there and spoke about um, PowerShell automation and uh, System Center configuration manager. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, you know um, when you do yours, you know try to try to see if you can incorporate um, recordings of them. You know. Yes, definitely. But the like, biggest thing about there was um, we had Michael Green on site there, which of course <laughs> he lives just south of Chicago, and um, and he was uh, nice enough that he did a, a recording for us. Okay, yeah, and uh, yeah, you had a um, had a wonderful interview with him, and so uh, why don't we, um, um, uh, you know, have our listeners uh, listen to that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I know you weren't uh, able to be there, and uh, you had other uh, priorities at the time, but uh, so so I I had to do the interview on myself, but I think it's a a great interview here. All right, let's listen. In. We have guest speaker here, uh, Michael Green. Michael, hi, good evening. Awesome. How are you? Doing great. Um, so uh, I was so glad you were able to come tonight. Oh, this is great. Yeah, I love I love going to user groups of all kinds. And uh, luckily, I live only a few hours from here. Uh, I'm close to the St. Louis PowerShell user group. Uh, I probably get there twice a year. So as much as I love going to user groups, um, I don't get there as often as I'd like to. But if there's one in my neighborhood that I can make, then uh, I just love it. And this was a great turnout, like 50 people. The first one, and that's unbelievable. I know we were shocked. Uh, usually, there's at least a third that don't show up that sign up, oh, yeah. and it was almost all that showed yeah. up. So, definitely impressive. Yeah, for anything community, uh, I just figure a 50% attrition rate, and it's nothing against anybody who can't make it. You know, you sign up with the best of intentions, and you can't go. We've all been through that, but I seemed like everybody made it tonight this was great oh i know and, and i'm so glad i was able to make it up here for this one and help promote it and help them get off to a great start here so uh, what's new uh, from microsoft uh so the big thing that my team brought to ignite um so i'm responsible for the uh, configuration management strategy for virtual machines running in azure and uh our team has been working on dsc for many years and um Right now we're working on the version two of our platform, which 
right now is integrated across solutions in Azure. We haven't introduced, we haven't released V2 as a uh, platform that you can use to define your own configurations. So right now it's used in change tracking, the inventory service, update management, security center, uh, and the latest thing is we introduced the ability for Azure policy to also reach inside of virtual machines and audit their configurations. Uh, so that was a really big thing for us this year. Wow, sounds fantastic. Some new uh, great stuff that you all are coming out with. Yeah, so my goal is right now, I think uh, people who have been running machines in private data centers, you know, the machines are members of Active Directory. They're using group policy to uh, both enforce and audit machines. In fact, I've talked to people who, when they have to go meet with auditors and prove that they're, you know, uh, that they're meeting requirements for STIG, for ITAR, or CIS, and stuff like that. Uh, they literally screenshot their GPO configuration in MMC and print it off and show it to auditors as this is proof that I can, you know, create virtual machines that meet your requirements. And um, no one's really given those customers a clear answer. What is what? What are you supposed to do? If your virtual machines are going to be immutable, they're going to be web servers that get redeployed very frequently. They might be domain members. They might not be domain members. And then how do we answer the scenario where our developers want these short iteration cycles? So they don't want to deploy a VM, join a domain, wait for group policy to come down, make sure that group policy has finished. Now we can run our latest batch, and then we can kind of see if our tests pass for our code. And they want, to, they want that iteration cycle to get as short as possible. And I've seen all kinds of workarounds. Uh, so right now, we're very focused on audit, which means you can prove before you move into production in Azure that your machines meet the requirements for your organization. Uh, and then at the next semester, we'll start taking a look at uh, how can we take DSC as a configuration platform and policy as an audit platform and mature this into what customers are looking for out of their requirements. Uh, another really big thing for me is I want Azure to be the best platform for configuration management, period. So I want customers to have the ability to use tools from Azure and, and from Microsoft, and I want that to be a great experience. I also want customers to choose the tools that work best for them. So if application developers within an organization want to use Chef, Puppet, Ansible, or anything else, we should be the best platform for that. Uh, so I'm looking at configuration management as a very open and holistic, um, uh, practical point of view and not something where I, I want people to make any sort of a switch. Uh, so that's tricky because it means you have to keep investing and working fast with the tools you're building, but you also want to make everything extensible and you ultimately want to build a platform um, and, and, and welcome people to bring the tools that are best for them. I think that sounds fantastic. I know uh, the law firm I work at, we're under HIPAA, and yep. we get audited uh, on the spot uh, at times from certain clients. And so that sounds a, like a great platform for being able to uh, answer those audit questions. Yeah, and it's all PowerShell enabled, right? It's the Azure command, let's make it easy. You can just run a script, and right now you can get the compliance status of all of your VMs. If they're not compliant, you can uh, get an object return that shows exactly which settings are not compliant and use whatever, whatever tools are best for your application teams, make that part of their project, do a new release, make the machine compliant while you're evaluating it in a test resource group, 
and then release that change into a, a production-ready resource group, and it uh, works really well. Yeah, I think I think uh, a lot more companies need to uh, facilitate uh, desired state configuration, definitely. Um, a lot of them seem to be, from my own personal experience of in- encounters with them, especially at Ignite and talking to ones, they're kind of intimidated by it. Sure. And Here's what I think we need to do. Uh, so when we started, there were like 12 DSC resources. And a resource, uh, you can think about it like a commandlet uh, or like a, a PowerShell function. So a resource is something like, I'm going to take the expert knowledge involved in, let's say, joining a domain, and I'm going to make that something I can put in a script. When we started, we had, I think, 12, and I was one of the early contributors from the community. Uh, so I didn't become the lead PM for DSC until last spring. Uh, we now have 1,300 resources in the gallery for DSC, which means obviously there's going to be application configuration details and things like that that people might be looking for that they don't find yet. But by and large, if they go look for something they want to manage, it's going to be there. And DSC is built to be extensible. So you can, if you're managing Windows Server using Chef, Puppet, Ansible, or homegrown tools or SCCM or whatever you want, uh, you can use DSC together with that to do to do the work. So I actually think now we need to kind of pivot in the community and start working on building more composite resources, which is where just take those 1,300 examples and, and capabilities that are out there and start building more solution-oriented things. Uh, I want a password policy. I want to manage local accounts. I want to handle security options. Uh, I want to manage my anti-malware solutions. And like we, it's like we've got the Legos, and now we just need the picture on the outside of the box that you're going to build to and start doing more of that. Uh, and I think it will actually allow us to, to go faster and give people more things that they can just take and go and, and import that into source control, tweak, t- tweak it to be whatever they want, and then take it into production. So. Yeah, you know, one thing that I think some people get confused with uh, DSC on is, what does it pertain to? I know you were talking about servers, but um, for instance, uh, one person came up to me at uh, this last Ignite, and he said, you know, he said, I loved your script that you wrote and published on the Event 51 uh, error code, where Event 51, just to give you a little background, Event 51 pops up on a system when the hard drive uh, starts failing. It's an early warning. And I wrote a PowerShell script that will uh, report back to Configuration Manager. Well, this guy took my script and modified it and put it as a DSC and he deploys it, the DSC out to desktops. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people um, are fearful. They don't understand that it can be used on desktops too, yeah. besides just servers. Yeah, you see that in the case of uh, multi-user workstations. So nurses stations, manufacturing uh, floor uh workstations, I guess, um, like point of sale, anything like that. It's not unusual because then people can actually check into source control. This is how um, that that machine, wherever it's going to be sitting, whatever role it's going to be playing, this is exactly how it should be defined. And if we identify that for any reason this machine has become unique, just redeploy it and let the configuration come back. There's There's no reason at all to troubleshoot that and try to figure out what's wrong. If it's something systemic, it'll come back and we can look at it. But the first thing we're going to do is just redeploy it and let it come back down. Um, so yeah, that's uh, it, it can be used for workstations as well. Um, so one of the things that's going to be interesting is how we take this configuration platform and introduce this concept of using it for auditing. Uh, 
there's some really cool scenarios that are coming around the bend for this. So when you think of governance and you think of compliance, you instantly think like security. It's got to be, and, and so I'm gonna, I want to conquer that. I mentioned, you know, what's the answer for group policy? How are we going to solve that? But operational uh, compliance is actually super, super interesting. There's a feature in Server 2019, uh, I think it's called System Analytics or System something, uh, but basically they're building in local machine learning algorithms to analyze what's going on on that machine and then uh, allow you to kind of check the status of what's happening. So you could actually, we went, we're still in the process of, of building this, I just need to build out the resources, but it looks very, very doable because everything has PowerShell, right? So it's just a command let at some point, uh, but you would just tell the machine, go ahead and start analyzing when it looks like you're going to run out of hard drive space based on the usage. So it's not a flat trajectory, like there's peaks and valleys, and we're not, it might be difficult for us as humans to say, is it gonna be 30 days, maybe 60 days? But you could actually have a policy to say, no machines in this subscription should be within 30 days of running out of disk space. And where this counts is someone is cutting a check, right? So they're usually the one who's responsible for maintaining these application teams are going to get subscriptions that they can consume. And on one hand, they really care that all the machines that get deployed into that subscription are compliant with our security best practices. But they also care about things like, I don't want to have outages that ultimately I'm responsible for, especially if they're things like, we ran out of disk space and we could have anticipated that. Um, there's tons and tons of these really interesting operational compliance examples, and I think those will be really fun to work through as well. Is this using some uh, AI with it or to, to gauge this? In that case, it is, yeah. And that's a, that's a feature of Server 2019 that I'm looking forward to building some resources and playing around with. Very impressive. I know um, there was a lot of new stuff that I saw at, at Ignite this year, especially in the AI arena that was most impressive that Microsoft's is starting to employ and introduce. Yeah, it's going to be fun as these as the, the technology, you know, like I said, it's almost like the Legos. Then you get the picture on the box that you're building to. Well, those Lego blocks get cooler and cooler every year, and you can just do more and more things that 10 years ago seemed like they were only available in movies. And now it's just there's a PowerShell commandlet for that too. Yeah, so. there is. It's a never-ending um, uh, expansion that, that we're doing. That, that as a whole, as a community, as a whole, not just Microsoft. That's right. Um, because I know on the new PowerShell Core, uh, the the new modules that are coming out, um, Microsoft's pushing for people to write them. Yep. Publish yep. them. And it's still, I, I just recently put out a blog post, but it's still a goal of mine to make DSC v2 open source. Uh, we had planned to do it by now, and. Uh, we took on a ton of extra work over the next six months. We really want DSC to be a platform throughout Azure. And uh, in order to make that happen, uh, we had to push back on our timeline. So I still want to, I, I still think we will, I still think we can. Um, in fact, there's some, there's some factors in the future that probably will force us to, to get that done, but we couldn't do it right now. Uh, but for the DSC uh, resources that are out there, the community has been just a huge, huge help. Uh, if you go out to github.com slash PowerShell slash DSC resources, we have a monthly community call. We've got a great issues list, and uh, we're pretty good now about as PRs come in, able to work through them. Um, what we've changed over just the last few months, we no longer expect people to hand off their DSC resources to the PowerShell GitHub repo. We actually are pushing people to 
host that in your own account and then just submit it as a submodule and let us know as you've got new commits that you want to make more visible. Uh, because there's really, like, we need to get out of our own way. We actually want the community to run at full speed. And there were so many get new resources coming in that were like, we're never going to keep up with this. It takes, we've, we figured it out, it takes somebody at least half a day every day. Um, if we want to do that responsibly, it, would, it really could use somebody who's full time. And so the best way for us to do that is to take advantage of all of these experts we've got available, let them just maintain the resources, and then use a common issues list and a common place for sharing uh, a call for help or someone who's asking for a new resource that wants to get the attention of those authors. So we've kind of got this like hub and spoke model now that's really working well for these community efforts. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate uh, you coming to this here this week and um, the fact that um, we all made it to this new event here in um, Chicago and I think it's been a, a great, great turnout like we said in the beginning and I think there's a lot of potential here um, in the upcoming um, year for it. So, yep. I couldn't yeah. agree more. Thank you very much for having me on. Yes. Thank you, Michael. All right, everyone. Uh, that concludes this episode of the PowerShell News Podcast. Cheers, everyone. You can reach me at uh, Twitter, Mick underscore Pletcher. Thanks. <laughs>